0: can't escape from you
1: so i keep it low keep a secret cold, so everybody else don't have to know so keep your love on your down your love, locked down. Keeping your love locked down your love locked down now keep your love locked down. your love locked down now keep your love, locked down. You love... all right mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, anyhow, that was lockdown for the future lockdown that may occur on November 2. Imran Khan closing Islamabad. This is Fasizaka and I have with me none other than Musharraf Zaidi.
0: Bismillahirmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum, uh, viewers. Thank you for joining us once again and apologies for disappearing but you know nothing was happening in Pakistan so we thought why why try to explain
1: (laughs) (laughs) I agree just a general state of incontinence uh, I think I think
0: koi na koi leaks hoti hai. something or the other is always leaking in islamabad it's 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 one of the world's biggest sieves. but I think that's the nature uh, of these sort of planned capitals, right? yeah, like I was talking to some some friends, you know like diplomats and I was like, isn't like Canberra and Brasilia and Ankara the same? And more or less confirmed that, yeah, when you have an entire edifice of humanity that's been constructed upon the fact that the seat of government is there and it has no other redeeming qualities, then you end up with, you know, towns like Islamabad where everything is a leak. Uh,
1: I, (laughs) I, anyhow, I, I kind of like Islamabad. I think it's, Nice and leafy and quiet and not very exciting, which sort of
0: fits me well. I have, I have, like, some ethnic slur type things that I could say in response,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I won't. Yeah, yeah. No, no, we're taking over Oh, there you go. <laughs> Give us just 10 more years. You let in a couple of thousand a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> See, it, it, it's, it's... it's Pashto on every corner,
0: I promise you. Yeah, but that... I mean, you already did Karachi. But yeah. you know what I love is the fact that you're doing it to Dubai as well. So, so as long as it's international or Pakistan yeah. expanded, I, I, I
1: love it. I love it. So, anyhow, so we've got a protest coming in on the 2nd of November <laughs> where... <laughs> Apparently there are going to be nine choke points. I love that the theme is good, right? Close Islam about choke it, right? So there are nine or something. Are choke they points. using the term choke point? Yeah, they're oh using. <laughs> Kas- <Haana>. oh. <laughs> oh, oh my god!
0: So yeah, god. there isn't
1: total clarity on this,
0: but well, there's at least total clarity on Khan being consistent, you know?
1: Yeah. And private,
0: private, and and public, you know. He, he you know. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, and and I think only <laughs> airport be which is not Islamabad, but it is. Oh, poor. they're going to block.
0: They're going to block the path to the airport. Yeah. Superb.
1: So now the key. I wonder what is,
0: the what the what the key point there is to keep people in or to keep people out.
1: I think it's both. It's just to make sure that you're inconvenienced as much as possible. I don't actually. I don't see such a huge problem with the protest. Right. The protest is something he's done before can I, can I just say that I'm not, really, I'm not really
0: comfortable with this whole sort of assignment of roles right because yeah. I get to be the guy that actually tries to speak reason and gets blamed <laughs> for being like a you know Noonie yeah. and you get to be sort of you know the cute cuddly like everybody gets like you just you're like lovable and you know I get contempt <sighs> for this I did a show I did a show last night I, yeah. I cannot tell you how much hate I got from like like family members like what's what was happening? it about what do you think it was about? It was about this. Uh, it was about this. Uh, you're calling it a protest, but I don't think there. I don't think even PTI is calling it a protest anymore.
1: I mean, it's a lockdown. So term. I'd just like to clarify that you jumped in before I could complete my sentence. Wait, now which you're going to start talking yeah, about wait, this? Which, which, which meant <laughs> the inference is totally wrong, right? Protest is okay, I think, if it was meant to be done. The problem with this is that this is indefinite. And it's a closure of state, essentially. That's the stated aim. And there can be nothing worse than that. But I thought you lefty libs, you know, sort of, you know,
0: army haters. You, you love, like, you know, shutting down the state.
1: No, actually, I'm a bit uh, different on this accord. Like, I believe in sort of more non-violent and you be in it for the long run.
0: Oh, here we go. Here's the, the, so give us a Bachchan lecture. Yeah, Tell us what so non-violence is all about.
1: So he was like a great dude of the (laughs) subcontinent not recognized sufficiently but no the point is (laughs) see in in this in in this particular case it's so cute that you actually started that yeah that's yeah well i I think more people need to know about him you don't have to agree but i just think that the method behind his particular strand of politics is one if we had all adopted we would have had less bloodshed we would have had more in the way of dialogue. Um, there's a lot of extraneous things attached to him, partly because of his pre-independence role, but he had a lot going for him, and I just think, like, you know, if you find and you look at the Bakhtuns, convincing them to de for a while, adopt something which, you know, went against the grain of some of the cultural uh, sort of cornerstones. I think he was... Without, well, without I think he' an was amazing abso-
0: person well, yeah. I think he he was absolutely an essential part of our history and I think it's amazing that you know I could I could like him or dislike him I could agree with him or disagree with him, but the fact that we seek an erasure of these figures from our history, I think for me that's more troubling I, I'm not troubled by disagreeing with Bajahan or I don't have a with problem you. with that I, you know absolutely. like yeah. I mean or even like uh, I don't want to use the word violent but like really strong disagreement like yeah. really I really don't like that guy right yeah. like I mean even that is okay but what's not okay is pretending that these people didn't exist to rob future generations of the knowledge that we have an incredibly diverse and rich uh, series of variants that that have helped accumulate and create this vibrant political culture that we have.
1: So I can't remember the exact specifics of this, but I remember reading a recent report that came in the press where they have done a fairly cursory look at what historical figures have been in our textbooks. And the interesting thing about that is, like, where the smaller provinces tend to get, you know, short thrift on those where their major figures aren't there, and. You know, when you've got an education system, I think one of the keys to our education system is also to create an appreciation of the federal nature of who we are. It's, you know, accommodation, it's looking at others, recognizing that those differences are strengths. And So, so from that angle, so yeah. see,
0: you know, because we have a tendency and we've had some listeners, you know, let us know that they don't like it. <laughs> 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 to go <laughs> to go off yeah, like Hansel tendons. and Gretel yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> off to the races <laughs> yeah what kind of a like when let's step away from from the dharna and the lockdown whatever it's going to end up yeah. being called what kind of a legacy will imran khan leave behind as a political leader
1: so i think that's a really good question i think maybe 10, 20 years down the line, he'll be viewed as having some of the right ideas, but I think he'll have failed in terms of any kind of real political ends that have been achieved. I mean, look, you've got the KP, you've got a very good machine that convinces the rest of the country that much is happening. But I think in the KP, they've come up as a new party against the same obstacles that come to any party that really wants any reform, is reform is difficult in Pakistan. It takes time. And I think partly that lack of understanding of how long it'll take, their tendency to inflate their rhetoric to dangerous levels, I think one of the key things, if you look at this particular protest, if this isn't there and if it, if this doesn't succeed, I mean, if it succeeds, I think the incentivization for Imran Khan Is perfectly good he gets rid of the government he doesn't complete his term in the KP and that term in the KP is mediocre at best whereas so many people who were newly politicized went into this is that there was so many gatekeepers against change that they wanted this sort of establishment of people who kept the spoils for themselves that they were convinced that you just needed to vote these guys in and it would rapidly change and I think I don't know. I think that's going to be a key problem. I think, again, where he's got good ideas on the reform side, you're not going to do it by getting what is essentially a demand for mob justice. Right? You've got Panama. It is a valid demand. But again, it has to go through the system. Yes, you can say all of the institutions are compromised. But again, with sort of, um, to a degree, you know, pulling the stakes inside parliament, outside it's just being more invested in the system. I think the danger to me at least is, and you probably know we've discussed this in the past, is I think the state is much weaker than it is. Whatever little sort of... Uh, you
0: mean much weaker than it seems?
1: Then, Yes, right. than it seems. And, and I think that whatever little investment we have, everyone's invested in whatever laws, whatever institutions, however much we hate them, they are much more, than the sum of the anarchy that would come with trying to avoid them in total. No, but I,
0: I'm not sure it's fair to the PTI. And this is interesting, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I'm not sure it's fair to the PTI to characterize what they're trying to do as kind of cause a complete sort of upheaval of the system. I, I mean...
1: I, 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 I actually mean, think just, you're right just, on that. Just because I think, they're but, shutting
0: down Islamabad doesn't mean they're anarchists, right? I, I think I, that's unfair.
1: No, no, I think you're right in saying that however i'm viewing it as the logical unintended consequences of the approach they have now it may be alarmist but i think it's fair to be a bit cautious with this state given what's happened to it in the past so ten i months. have a
0: different reason for 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 not being at these protests right okay. for not supporting them and for for and for getting a sense that any chance of me becoming a pti voter like almost with everything that, you know, Tab does, you know, that chance, it it feels like it just keeps reducing. I I guess the sad news is that, you know, having not voted for any of the major parties in the 2013 election, I also feel like my chances of becoming a PMLN voter are, are steadily, consistently, constantly dwindling. And so, like, my problem in 2018, hopefully, uh... No sooner um, will be the same problem I had in 2013 which is that I don't see viable visionary leadership in this country and uh, I understand that it upsets people on different on both sides of the aisle if, if that's the big divide I think it's actually not a two-party system it's a much more diverse country so like I think the PPP is probably probably in line for a bit of a boost uh, compared to how it did in 2013 and some of the other parties as well. But I don't, my problem with this isn't the disruption part of it. I mean, of course, the disruption part of it, because I live in Islamabad, I think is more. it's a more personal thing. And so I try to suppress that part of how I feel about it, if, if, if you understand what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's a personal thing. Like, of course, that's the whole point of a disruption like this. So, in a sense, we have to separate that personal part and then look at this in total. So, what, what's the problem we're trying to solve? In 2014, the dharna was to solve the problem of justice for model town and the problem of injustice in the case of the election, right? Yeah. The dharna was about the electoral fraud, as it was alleged, and it was about justice for model town, supposedly. Has there been justice for model town? No. Has there been a transformation of our electoral system? No. No. The objective here is corruption and transparency and accountability, right? Prime Minister's name or his family's name shouldn't be in the Panama Leaks. The fact that it is unacceptable, there should be an investigation, somebody should be held to account, right? Seems reasonable enough. So let's go out and let's basically disrupt the system. Let's be, in a sense, it appeals, frankly, to, and I'm sure it does to you as well, to the kind of revolutionary it, inside you, you know the, the that little voice, you know your youthful voice, the one that's pure and unencumbered or unburdened by reality, essentially. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> like you know the thirteen-year-old in you, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like oh, <sighs> look, you know, to hell with everything, yeah. you know. Um, and I don't mean to denigrate it or, or or sort of you know caricature it, but that's really what it is, and and so I get I get that because I'm I'm still in touch with my you know, young self, or I'd like to think that I am. But I'm just not sure that it's going to, like, even if, let's say he topples a government, so what? Well, how is it going to improve the performance of the institutions that are supposed to be delivering justice on the on on the, on the fiduciary side, right? Like, I wonder how, and, and, and a lot of PTI voters actually are really well informed, which is what makes all of this even more surprising, There's a lot of PTI voters who know that there is a supreme audit institution in the country called the Auditor General's Office, and it's a statutory office, and therefore statutory offices are supposed to be led by people that have or enjoy independence. But we know that the Auditor General traditionally has always been a bureaucrat, and there's no way that a bureaucrat can be leading a statutory body because bureaucrats are dependent on somebody else for their next job. And always dependent on somebody else for their pension. So you can't have a supreme audit institution being led by a bureaucrat. I've never heard anyone in the PTI make that argument. Even even like even like as a as an addendum to the core argument. But let's go further. The Public Accounts Committee. And what is done with the Public Accounts Committee findings? Or let's I mean even in the previous instance in the Election Commission of Pakistan, the interest ha- was to change the way that Members of the Election Commission are appointed with no concern to the fact that there was a DMG officer who presided over the 2013 election and Continued to sit in that seat of secretary ECP Which is a much more powerful seat than the chairman or any of the members of the Election Commission Mm -hmm. and the fact that this a these facts aren't in the public domain and are not being discussed and b are not being challenged by the BTI in the public discourse and the public domain, tells me that this is not a serious attempt at instituting reform or instituting
1: accountability. This is a joke. So, this is a very good explanation of how I would put it differently also, is this is why I think that the basic element behind this is that anger, there are two things. I mean, one is that almost, you're right. If you go back 20 years, we would have had a much more undiluted view of who's good, who's bad, what is the moral thing to do, what is wrong. And in some ways, you would fall into Imran Khan's camp with that. I also think that one of the problems with that is... Sorry, did you say I would fall into
0: Imran Khan's camp? We
1: all would, in a way, right? Because we'd want a certain kind of change. But the problem is, and I think where you're absolutely right, is the lack of realization that this kind of... You know, this kind of immediacy that you're requiring in change is going to be a function of what you think is some sort of mob justice where you won't really have any change. The things that you've just talked about are structural issues that will only be changed through actually working through Parliament, whether you have a certain kind of protest that goes concurrent with it. So I agree with you. Like, What's the end game to this? And that's what I fear about these particular kinds of protests, one which are indefinite, which have problems that they're antagonistic towards, you know, functions of the state, where you could have problems that were, like, Model Town, what was Model Town? is just a mild security situation getting significantly out of hand, which could also happen again. And what would you have? You've got examples from the 90s, where those have been used as legitimate reasons to overthrow the government. And so, going back to it, what I'm, saying, in some ways, which parries with what you're saying also, is that the fear I have is that the expectation from this sort of thing that Pakistan is just a switch away from radical change that will improve the lives of everyone, for those who know how the state works, even those with good intentions, like even if you have the whole system full of good intentions, you're still going to have a number of years before you can affect change in any one way. It's being invested in the system for a long time most people are saying no, that but it's also, yeah but it's also yeah but even that to me isn't good enough fussy like i think we have to go
0: further i think we have to say uh, you know and, and be quite frank about it that even if you have uh, first of all this idea that everybody is, has good intentions it's compl- it's it's nonsense people have self interest as the defining characteristic of why they do what they do
1: yeah, and yeah, how that, they do it but that was a hypothetical that if everyone across the system even had good intentions it would still take time that's the one thing that we have to recognize about this state is that even learned behaviors you might have a state that changes with the way the people approach the state will still be the same it takes time exactly to, and and that
0: right? so now you're getting closer to yeah. you know the, the the crux of what what i think is is really one of the core issues here that, again, we're shy of talking about because I think it requires us to say things that are impolite. Yeah. But luckily, it's a podcast, and you know, I, don't, I don't give a... F- you, know.
1: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, like, I mean, uh, let's look at this issue of corruption, right? Yeah. I mean, at what tier of interface with the state does corruption not occur?
1: Yeah. Literally none. Okay.
0: Now, of course if there was non-corrupt people at the top that, that's a very legitimate argument that if you had somebody clean at the top at least you'd have a shot that, that, that but stands I it's to reason but it's, rid- it's ridiculous
1: uh, Iran re- is definitely not corrupt in any way right fiduciary we have problems with his other decisions but financially he's yeah, never yeah, pocketed yeah, no, no a no serious
0: no serious person would make that Yeah,
1: yeah. Claim, other yeah. than uh, the ridiculous stuff yeah, that they yeah, put yeah, about yeah, his yeah. charities or yeah, whatever yeah. But he has not been able, so let's say he's there at the apex, you could argue, okay, he has nothing to do with KP, the CM's at the top, but he's been running it in some ways, you know, he's the final Yeah, but same. the
0: PTI voter, you know, who, yeah. who is of course more informed than you are, he yeah. lives in London, he but lives he's in London, more but informed he knows, about yeah, KP yeah. than you are. Yeah. He, he'll tell you that, you know, KP yeah. governance is completely transformed. Yeah. So I don't want to get into that argument. I, I think the argument is much more simple and it's much closer to home there is a ecosystem that is in place in pakistan that is uh, that is defined by rent seeking behavior and corruption and this ecosystem yeah. is not there's no, shere ka tappa, on yeah. the there's no ka tappa on the ecosystem and there's no ka tappa on the it's ecosystem and there's no teed katappa there's not even a social it's, it's
1: economic a, class no, the no absolutely.
0: not. Gharib, Gharib, amir, yeah. middle class. Yeah. You know, if you look at tax, uh, you know, there is no aspect of public life in which you can you can say that the majority of actors, Pakistani citizens, do not feed the ecosystem. Yeah. Right. And so, when we talk about that, now that's not a way of excusing corruption at the top. Yeah. No, not by any means. But it's to say that. When considering a corruption-free ecosystem for a country, we need to consider the actual state of affairs in that country. Yeah. And, 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 and there's, of course, the, the concurrent reality that any of the countries that we, we want to be like have as bad or worse corruption than Pakistan, as Pakistan. Whether it's Malaysia or it's China or it's Indonesia or it's Turkey yeah. or it's India. Yeah. There's no example of a high-growth high-performance economy today yeah. that, that isn't accompanied by a substantial amount of pilferage, leakage, and rent-seeking behavior.
1: There was also this one component, which I remember in reading Pakistan, a hard country, there was one page that really hit me where Anatole Lievelin is saying is the thing about sort of the red herring of corruption in Pakistan is that it's argued in Pakistan is corruption is breaking up the country, whereas he says it's, it's what keeps this country together. So the patronage payments to all these different groups, provinces, X, Y, Z, things that we would normally say that, you know, this doesn't make sense. But it's for a state which doesn't have a certain amount of cohesiveness, they bought into it. And it's a very interesting argument because that's what even in some ways the Brits were doing before because our state didn't really fundamentally change since then. And I... So... I, I don't know. I think one of the I key mean, things this, is, yeah. Yeah, is, is, is just that it's just such a distraction, this argument. I agree. It needs to be. We want to be without it. But this presumption that it's the cure-all, that is absolutely unfounded and
0: No, sometimes some I think dangerous. there's a conspiracy. No, I, I really sometimes feel like the sustenance of this narrative over 20 years now... Uh, I mean, it almost feels like somebody's out there trying to distract intelligent, educated, uh, you know, brilliant you know, young people, all these brilliant young people that support BDI, you know, that end up calling you and me names. Yeah, Like, it's almost like there's a conspiracy out there to distract these people from, like, you know, what's right in front of them. There is a systemic breakdown of the way this country works. There is inequality... That is sustained not on the back of corruption, but on the back of social and economic structures that that no one is challenging. That you look at you look at loans, right? The credit market. You look at the way in which the banking system is structured, and how it basically exists to finance government borrowing. Yeah. You know, again, the unsophisticated sort of immediate charge as well. If the government wasn't so corrupt, you know, no, that's not like that's not how this works. Yeah. And of course, in all the narrative of corruption, you never hear about tank deals and plane deals yeah. and uh, gun deals. Yeah. You never hear about you know DJ and Beria, one naval,
1: uh there was this one named Yeah, who was looked.
0: convicted who was convicted by NAB because yeah. he, he bought curtains, man. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, like yeah. I mean, it's and, and, and by the way this now that story is like 17 years old. Yeah. Like it's it, 99 I think he was he was uh, I mean, he was captured yeah. whatever he was imprisoned for a little while or, or something. Mansoorul Haq, I think yeah, was exactly. his name. Yeah. Look, there's this this drink is spiked. The, the narrative of anti-corruption in Pakistan, it's not that the narrative itself or that there's anything wrong with us being disgusted by you're corruption. you're right. It's one we should be disgusted by it. But we should be disgusted by it in a holistic way. Yeah. One, we should be disgusted by everybody's corruption. Yeah. Two, we should understand what the roots and, and channels of corruption are. Unless we talk about the bureaucracy and the manner in which the bureaucracy behaves and the incentivization of the bureaucracy to serve both political and elected masters and both visible and invisible military masters. masters. I mean, we're having like an incomplete discussion. Panama leaks, of course it's an embarrassment. It's a black eye for the country. The prime minister, I'm ashamed that the prime minister dealt with it in the way that he did. As a Pakistani, it bothers me. But is that grounds for locking down Islamabad and causing a disruption at a time when our energies should be focused on some of the strategic external threats to the country? I, I don't know. I, I, I'm pretty sure that this is a conspiracy of idiocy. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> That's what it is, actually. It really is just, you know, just idiots just, you know, sort of not realizing the damage they, they, they may be doing to the country. There, I think there is a lot to be said about the presence of a, of a political opposition, and if it wasn't for the PTI... God knows what these guys would be getting away with. Yeah. So I think, again, I think it's great so I, that...
1: I don't know if you remember, right, in 2013 I wrote an article where I said that I'd vote for the PTI and then elections happened and you and I met somewhere on the street and you said, Sach tu ne waki dia. Like you didn't believe that I would do it, right? Yeah. And I did it, right?
0: I, I, I've always had too much faith in you. Yeah, I
1: know. <laughs> and and, 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 and so, so as a PTI voter, and I stated my reasons, right? The reasons were, one was that I was angry at the a and I didn't want to vote for them again because I didn't like, you know, their term. And frankly, now I'm reconsidering some of that. <laughs> but, but the thing was...
0: Did you vote for them in OA? You, you voted a and in OA? Yeah, yeah. In
1: Bihol? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But the thing about um, why I voted was the same thing. You have an opposition, you have somebody who states that their interest is governance. And for the first time, I thought that our system is geared towards incentivizing patronage. This would incentivize performance. In some ways, that's actually happened. I do find whatever little the PMLN has done is out of the sheer fear of the PTI. The PTI hasn't been able to demonstrate that they've delivered in any way, but they're still very fearful because legitimately, you know, they can get, if they play their cards right, They can be more popular. But however, in terms of, you know, what they have to show for it, it's just far and in between little points here and there. A much better message of reform than actually having done anything. Again, if you look at uh, informally, the thing that I've always had an objection to is KP's police has always been the best in the country. It has been, it's an incredibly polite force, relatively less politicized to... Claim any credit for improving them is, you know, somewhat disingenuous. No, but it goes further, right?
0: I say you can have that credit because if you got uh, if you get out of the way of the IG,
1: yeah, that,
0: that's something nice. No,
1: but, that's but, something nice. But look at but, but the long game only happened. No, no, no. That's even, well, not not even a month that. ago, right,
0: Jan, that's, yeah, exactly, exactly down that line. Yeah, if the benchmark is that this whole big new transformative change parties come in, yeah. and the change was that they got out of the way of the bureaucrat. I mean, is that the, the benchmark? If the bureaucrat like, is I'm not, not performing voting. well not and you get out of the
1: way, yeah, exactly. that is not, not an achievement.
0: That, that is not, and it's also not reform, yeah. right? Reform is, I mean, l- let's look at the police. Yeah. What would real reform look like? The first principle of real reform would be, look, you can't have Peshawar controlling policing in Kohistan. Kohistan has to have a police force that, of course, should be be accountable and answerable, but that is largely made up of people in Kohistan that is incentivized to serve and protect the communities that they work in. Is that the structure of police that you have in the country today? No. No. Is it up to only one province to do it? Actually, if you look at the structures of policing, there is a substantial amount of local level, subnational, provincial level, reform that you can enact without even touching the PSP. But the larger question is, at what stage have we heard the PTI say our plans for KP are being impeded by the presence of the all-Pakistan unified grade, the presence of the uh, secretariat group, the DMG or the PAS as it's known, and the police service of Pakistan, and without breaking up that centrally controlled, establishment division controlled hold over the assignment of Bureaucratic talent to the provinces, yeah. you can't actually have any reform. Yeah. Not one word about the APUG and about the centralization of human resources at the top levels of the provincial bureaucracy. How are we supposed to take claims of reform by this party seriously? By the way, I mean, sort of insider baseball, right? I've been following the brain trust of the BTI since well before October 2000.
1: You know all three people? <laughs>
0: i not only all three, but I'm also, I'm also followed because, because most of them are, are friends or acquaintances yeah. that, you know, and, and these, these, these discussions have been ongoing for a long time. The reason I didn't vote for the PTI, and you might remember this conversation, the reason I didn't vote for the PTI is because I knew the quality of reform inputs that, that Khan was getting. And they were not inputs that a genuinely reform-oriented party uh, would take seriously. Mm. You cannot have superficial analysis as the basis for national transformation. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that one supports the non-reform, the explicitly norm reform agenda of, of the PMLN. Yeah, yeah. But at least Absolutely. the PMLN but at least with the PMLN you get exactly what you pay for. Yeah. And what you pay for is road construction, yeah. bridges, trains, metros, and a few electricity power plants. That that's that's all you're getting with these guys. They have not claimed once to be reformers and mm-hmm. they will never reform the DMG and the PAS the DMG and the PAS offer the sh- the Sharifs the ability to centralize and control a vastness of empire that is beyond your and my conception to the extent that Imran Khan is against that you and I are with him of yeah. course we are any reasonable educated person would be yeah. but being with somebody on an agenda and supporting their destructive tendencies without them having a blueprint for how to fix the thing they're
1: yeah, against. That's exactly the problem, which is don't tear down something if you can't build something new up. The problem is then you create a vacuum, you've got problems. I I agree with this fully, is that, you know, this half-hearted attempt that, yes, we know what's wrong, but also to have the political will to go through, with, because that upheaval is also going to require a certain amount of metal, certain amount of consistency, and that's something that, you know, needs to be done. So, um, but again, one of the other things that I fear coming into these protests, and a bit ominous also from Imran Khan saying, ke, ke now, that to me is a real problem. No, but he's just, fussy.
0: like to me, again, there's... I almost sometimes think that we need to stop pretending that this guy is anything but a very good and cynical politician. I think what we've done, can, and I, I'll tell you why we do it. I yeah. think it's because it's the fear of the trolls. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll be very open about this, and I think we need to actually resist this. Yeah. A lot of our sort of giving Khan the leeway... Is actually born out of the complete sort of overwhelming hatred that you get yeah, any time sure. you say something truthful about yeah, the man. Yeah. He is a cynical, calculating, and effective politician. He yeah. has created the third largest political party out of scratch. That is to his credit, but that is not because he is a puritanical, uh, you know, sort of nalava angel. Mm. It's because he's he's a brand of pol- He's a he's the very brand of politician. That he supposedly is planning to, uh, yeah, disrupt yeah, I and, agree on this and front uproot.
1: absolutely right now because, again, I just think what's going to happen after such an eventuality occurs, and it's really open. You know, the I, I I don't think the thing that he says that if the third force comes in, that to me is also problematic because in terms of his animosity towards the Sharifs, he's willing. Put on Dao basically every Pakistani's future. Now he'd argue that he's giving a better future after that, but we know from we've we've never seen evidence. Where's the blueprint? We've not seen any evidence that's so many dismissals five, six dismissals throughout history, major ones none of them have improved. In fact, they've given us long lasting problems. If you look at Musharraf, if you look at Fatah and Balochistan, you can trace it back to a lot of the things he did. Of course, there were problems before that also, but none of it improved. If anything, I think the Federation has always been put in danger because of these saving moves.
0: On that dark and dreary note, um, I think we have to... We have to realize that we can't escape from uh, the reality of uh, Pakistan. Yeah. Um, uh,
1: and, and it's good to have, like, a total tooth like Kanye close the program. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. See you soon. Uh, goodbye. And
0: Thanks thank you for, for up. Yeah, yeah. And thank you, Fussy. Thanks for listening, everyone. For the office. All right. For the office. I'm in love you
1: way I want to. I can't keep my cool, so I can't be true. I got something to lose, so I gotta move. I can't keep myself and still keep you too. So I keep in mind when I'm on my own, somewhere far from home, in the danger zone, how many times?